Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. It's so good to see you today. We had to add some rows in today. Remember, in a few weeks, we're going to go back to two services, but for right now, still on summer hours, and it's exciting to all be together in the same place, in the same spot. Now, the reason why we have to go back to two services, well, hopefully it's, it's self-evident to you, but here's the bottom line when it comes to crowds and people coming together. Psychologically, people start believing that if, if the place is more than 80% full feeling, they feel like there's not room for them. And it gives them an excuse to try to back away or feel like, well, it's, you know, nobody even notices if I'm there or not. And that's not true. So we need to make room. So that's why on September 11th, 9-11, we go back to 9 and 11, okay? So don't forget that. It is great to see everybody today. Let's get right into the inerrant, the inspired, the infallible word of the living God, okay? Let's get into it. Today's message is called Follow That Cloud, and you'll see why in a moment. We're on our theme this month, Clean House, and we're reading from Exodus chapter 40. This is from the Exodus of Egypt where the children of Israel have escaped from Canada. No, I'm sorry, they've escaped from Egypt, and they've gone out. And the, and the Holy Spirit manifests his presence to lead them as a cloud by day and a fire by night. It says in Exodus 40, verse 36, whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would go forward or go onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud was not taken up, if it sat still, then they did not journey till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was above the tabernacle by day and fire was over it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. Now, one thing that says later on in Deuteronomy 25, it talks about this attack. I talked to you a few weeks ago when, remember, Moses went up to the mountain and prayed because the Amalekites attacked the children of Israel unprovoked, and God was uh, pretty ticked off about it. In Deuteronomy 25, there's a reminder here of why that happened and what happened. Verse 17, remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you were coming out of Egypt, how he met you on the way and attacked your rear ranks, all the stragglers at your rear when you were tired and weary and he did not fear God. One translation says, and the people that were straggling did not fear God. Basically, they got tired of moving. The cloud moved 40 times in 40 years, and it wasn't on the annual date. 40 times in 40 years, they moved in circles. And the Bible says that there were always some people at the last part that said, I don't want to go this time. I'm tired of packing up. I'm tired of moving. And God called them stragglers. And those were the people that got hit by the enemy because they refused to be quick to move when God moved. Finally, Psalm 119, I want to weave that in. You ever want to read a psalm about divine order? It's Psalm 119. It's 176 verses, and they're all in Hebrew alphabetical order. It's amazing how, how it is. It says in Psalm 119, verse 100, <clears throat> from the message, 
The psalmist writes, I become wiser than the wise old sages simply by doing what you tell me. Ah. I watch my step, avoiding the ditches and ruts of evil so I can spend all my time keeping your word. I never make detours from the route you laid out. You gave me such good directions. Your words are so choice, so tasty. I prefer them to the best home cooking. With your instruction, I understand life. That's why I hate false propaganda. By your words, I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. Some of you might know that as your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Let's pray together one more time. Father God, thank you for your word. Let your words of life light up our pathway as it promises God that we could live and move and be strong in you. And we proclaim freedom in this place in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As we said, Pastor Chris uh, preached a powerful word last week, beginning our series, Clean House. Clean house can mean just keeping a neat and tidy home, which I hope everybody does. Or it can also mean a deep cleansing of something, like making a clean sweep of anything that's not good or not of God to produce a fresh start. We base it on this, uh, you know, there's all these series now about... uh, extreme home makeovers and all these different things and hoarders and all these different shows. Clean House is a TV series that describes itself this way. It's about a weekly intervention for families whose homes have been taken over, this is my words, by knickknacks and patty wax and give your dog a bone, dusty souvenirs and other disarray in a process that is traumatic yet liberating for the cluttering clans The crew of interior designers and organizers makes a ruthless inventory of what needs to go. Then unload the cast off items in a giant yard sale, the proceeds of which which are poured into a home makeover. Today we're gonna talk about getting your house in order. Cleaning house isn't just talking about literal dusting, vacuuming, toilet cleaning, floor mopping, etc. It's more about establishing a fresh sense of order for your life. But here's the question. Are you willing to get rid of some stuff? Are you willing to get rid of some stuff? See, that's the, that's the, that's the age-old thing because as Pastor Chris mentioned last week, sometimes we're, we get attached to things. Oh, someone gave me that. And, you know, I have, I have, a, I have a wall of fame for the artwork of my five grandkids, eventually I have to put it in a file. I have to do something with it because I don't want to hurt their feelings, but they're draw much better now than they did five years ago anyway. But it means something to me. In fact, I I inspired myself this week. Yesterday I cleaned my study at home. My office is at home. Yeah, it is a wow. It was like, it was like really wow because I have a, I have a pile of books that that some people give me and, and, I, and I pick up some and I have a pile of books this high, that's my current book list. I didn't know I was gonna be a professional reader for a living. Uh, I had someone told me I'd have paid more attention in reading class or take a speed reading course. But there comes a time where you have to deal with stuff. I don't know about you, I'm, I'm, 
I'm great at saving receipts. I'm terrible about processing them. Terrible. I've got receipts from each of my previous trips this year, and I, I just, I finally went through them yesterday and at least organized them, but half of them are in Polish or uh, Hungarian. How am I supposed to do that? Anyway, it's, it's, every one of us has stuff that we like to do, like to maybe clean up, but some stuff that's harder to do than others. Everything in this life works according to times and seasons. Part of the order of God. When you have fall coming up and you go back to school, it's a great time to spruce up some stuff. Because we all know, listen, if you get to a place, if you, if you get to see anything, there's a machine or you get to a, a, a public bathroom or something and you see the sign out of order, is it, it doesn't just mean it's in disarray. It means it's not working. To be out of order is equal to, it's not working. It's not happening. This doesn't work right now. And I submit to you that a lot of times we take shortcuts and we rig things up MacGyver style. Anybody know MacGyver? You know, he, puts, he can put it together. He can take apart a bomb with, you know, masking tape and chewing gum, chicken wire. They can escape from a helicopter climbing down chicken wire. I never understood. All these different things. But the problem is we do that too. We do that in our lives. Something's not working. We find a way to live with it in its dysfunction rather than actually have it repaired. And it's tough. We all do it. You can't, you can't keep a repairman coming to your house 24-7. Our home is 21 years old. Things happen. But you have, to, you have to stay on top of it. So without order, life can easily slip into, choose the expression of your own, helter-skelter, topsy-turvy, hurry-scurry. In fact, that one's in the Bible. Proverbs 21, verse five from the message says this. Careful planning puts you ahead in the long run, but hurry and scurry puts you further behind. Does anybody, feel, anybody besides me feel like you're living a life of hurry-scurry lately? Come on, be honest about it. It's just life is running, it's moving. You're going from place to place. If you have teenagers... We're praying for you because we know that right now, many of you that have teenagers are simply Uber drivers for your teenagers. And you feel like, what in the world? How, what is gonna happen here? Well, help is on the way. They're gonna get their own license soon. And that'll just take your prayer life to a whole new level. <laughs> Amen. The fact is that our God is a God of unity, a God of peace, and a God of order. The word says he's not the author of confusion. He's the author of peace. The, he, he, the word says, let all things be done decently and in order. James 3 talks about the demonic spirit of confusion that operates where there's envy and selfish ambition. Ah, that's a partners with confusion. Envy and selfish ambition, trying to, trying to step on somebody else to get your stuff. Genesis 1, 
From the very beginning, the very first thing God talks about, about himself and reveals to us is about his creation, that he's a creator. It says in verse one, the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. The word there in the Hebrew literally means chaos or chaotic. The world, the earth became without form and chaotic and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And the word light is translated in the Hebrew, order. God speaks into chaos or waits now. The Holy Spirit is waiting for the word of God to be spoken and released. Let there be light. Let there be order. And God saw the light, saw the order, that it was good, and and God divided the light from the darkness. God separates the chaos from the order. Everything in your life and mine that is in chaos is an area we can speak to in Jesus' name and begin to take authority in his name and call forth the light of God's order, the light of his order. Now, that doesn't mean it's gonna fix right away, but you've got to begin to have faith. You, listen, faith is believing God, but it's also trusting in God, and it's also speaking in his name, speaking his word, agreeing with his will, agreeing with his promises. And so we have to begin to take authority. If you tell me right now your biggest three prayer requests, the three areas of your life that are a mess right now, and it's not necessarily something you did. Let me just say that, okay? I'm not, this is not a blame game. But there are areas of your life and mind that get out of order. And it happens to the best of us, and it happens over and over at different times. Nobody has the perfect life, Right? If it, you know, the, the perfect church is down the road. I'm sorry, if you, if you wanna be with the perfect people, you gotta go to the other church, okay? Because here, we just accept everybody because we, because we know that we all got messes to clean up, right? And no matter how long you've been saved, that doesn't make your life perfect. There's still areas, listen, we all have strengths, we all have weaknesses. We all have humanity. We all have things that we fall into, bad habits, bad thoughts, whatever it is. But God is a redeemer and he can turn those things around, but it begins where you activate your expectation and your, uh, of God by speaking to the chaos. Speak to it. Speak to your health. Well, speak to your health and start speaking to your diet. Well, that got a great response. Wow. Yeah. Speak to your finances. The Bible says God promises to bless the work of your hands. Everybody put your hands out in front of you for a second. Look at your hands. These hands are blessed. Your hands are blessed. Right now, your hands are blessed that the Bible says that everything you set your hands to do in the name of God to glorify him is blessed. And God, don't forget when you get blessed that it is he who gives you power to get wealth to have more than enough so you can do something to help somebody else. Your hands are blessed. But they're blessed so you can be a blessing. You've got two hands so you can receive with one and give with the other. That's, it's, it's, a, it's a continual thing. That's why you've got two hands. 
If you would guess, see, every area, if your finances are out of order, start talking to them. Start speaking to your hands. Start speaking to your creativity. Activate yourself. Get some stuff back into order that's right now in chaos. It has to start somewhere and it starts here. With your mouth, your words. Everything, every place where you start commanding light or order. Let there be light and there was light. Let there be light. The spirit of God hovering over the face of the deep. Hovering, brooding. One translation says brooding. Like a, like a mother hen broods over her eggs waiting for a hatching. Did you know that? It's the word brooding. That's literally the word in Hebrew. Brooding. The spirit of God was brooding. He was waiting for the birthing of what he already wanted to do when somebody finally spoke and agreed with God and said, let there be light. And there was light. The Holy Spirit manifested that light. I'm telling you right now, every area where your life is in chaos, the spirit of God is hovering over your life, waiting for the word of faith to release into that area where you will begin to see a change, where you'll begin to see a shift. Every area that's in chaos. I hope you, I hope you get that today. I hope you get that in your spirit. That what, every area that's a mess right now doesn't have to stay messy. But there has to be a first step that always begins by faith. And faith always begins in your, in your heart, in your mind, and your mouth. Activate the word and the Holy Spirit will move. Any area of your life that is unmanaged right now. Listen, everything, every area where you manage, that means when I say take authority, I'm not just saying just in spiritual warfare, that's part of it. But every area where you begin to manage it'll start coming back into order. If you're one of those people who, you know, lives in denial or another river in Egypt, I don't know. If you live, if you live in denial, if you live in that place where you go, la, 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 la. If, you know, when you're broke, there are moments where, I, I remember my dad telling me, because we went through some tough times when my dad was in grad school, I was, I was four or five years old before my dad finished his master's degree, <clears throat> then went on to his PhD by the time I was about 11 or 12. And we went through some scrapes. We went through some tough times financially. I remember my dad saying, I, he'd be on the phone um, and bill collectors were calling. I remember my dad saying one time to a bill collector, heard him say it. Listen, right now, we're putting all of our bills into a hat and as soon as we get money, we pull one out and we pay the bill. If you keep calling me, I'm gonna take you out of the hat. <laughs> there are moments where <clears throat> you just wanna say, well, I can't do anything. So I'm just gonna sit here and suck my thumb and curl, you know, curl up in the fetal position in the corner somewhere. That doesn't help anything but agree with God. Because in his word, he says, my people will never be ashamed. There's a good promise. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly before him. Find those promises. Meditate on them. 
and begin to take your authority to manage. Why? Because sin shall have no more dominion over you. If sin doesn't have dominion, then neither does lack, neither does poverty, neither does jacked up relationships. They don't have dominion over you. Why? Because you have dominion over them because Jesus lives in you. If you're born again, you're born again, the Bible says, to a living hope. I find it interesting that in all the modern terminology, we often revert back to ancient words. For example, all of our data today is being stored, preserved on something called the cloud. Has anyone seen this cloud? Does anyone believe it really exists? Is it a cloud at all? It's interesting that we see all these things and coming back and coming full circle. I want you to know in the Bible, a cloud is often a picture of the covering power of the Holy Spirit. That sense around you. And if you remember the Peanuts comic strip, Pigpen carried his own atmosphere. When he walked in, there was a cloud. It wasn't a good cloud. You carry an atmosphere of God around you or an atmosphere of something else. But it's your choice. The children of Israel were instructed to follow the cloud of God as God's GPS. As they entered the promised land in the book of Joshua, chapter three, the people were told to position themselves to be in a place where they could always see the Ark of the Covenant. God was no longer, by Joshua, it was no longer a cloud by day, a fire by night. It was now the Ark of the Covenant, a manifested presence of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and God said, listen, prepare, make sure every person, three million people, can see the ark. You have to be able to see it and keep the right distance from it. Don't let it get too far ahead of you and certainly don't let it get behind you. So that, quote, you may know, not guess, not think, not wish, that you may know the way by which you must go for you have not passed this way before. My friends, the last few years has been filled with all kinds of craziness. And we have not passed this way before. But whatever happens, haven't we learned that God is faithful? Haven't we learned that he's our source and our provider and our guide and our comforter, that he could be as specific with us as we would believe him to be, even about masks and vaccines and all the stuff going on with all the arguments in the world, all the political pressures, all the nonsense, all the lies. The spirit of truth dwells in us. When you're headed into an unknown territory, and a part of your life that you've never walked before, keep your eyes on the word of God, the will of God, the spirit of God. Make sure you can see his presence, sense his presence, touch his presence, because if you can get to, if you can make sure there's no distraction between you and the Holy Spirit, you will, you have guaranteed guidance. And you're not just gonna make it day to day, week to week, month to month. That might, that's the way it may feel in that time. But you're gonna make it through. 
And you're going to make it through to the, the destiny and destination that God has for you. Say amen. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God, Romans says. Just as GPS guides you to a certain destination, the Holy Spirit will lead you if you'll let him. If you let him. If you keep trying, listen, if you just keep doing the same things you've been doing, you're just gonna keep having the same things you got right now. There's, there have got to be moments of change, moments of, of, of change of the mind. You know, the word repentance doesn't just mean change of direction. It's, 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 it starts with a change of mind. God changed my mind. Renew it in your word. Let me see the truth from all the error, from all the lies. The Holy Spirit will guide you. I love this. He foresees danger delays or distractions ahead and can even change your route to get there. One of my favorite apps on my phone is Waze, W-A-Z-E. Started in Israel. I don't know if it's still based in Israel, but started in Israel. It's a phone app where people communicate to each other if you've never used it and it warns you. You can warn each other of debris in the road slowdowns, accidents, traffic jams, even where the police are hiding. So you can appreciate them, not so you can speed. So you can value knowing, you know, people say, there's never a cop around when you need one. Well, you can find out on ways where they are and wave at them and thank them, thank them. Not advocating Speeding, please don't ever use that against me. I was driving with Waze the other day and, and suddenly this thing flashed on my screen and said, a shorter way has just opened up. Do you want to change course? I thought, yes, yes, I want to go shorter way. That's great. So I switched over, I just with one button, boom. I'm at a whole new, whole new way to get there and got there a little bit faster. Don't you think that the Holy Spirit can do that as well? Don't you think your God can give you the right? You know, he, knows, he knows where the stuff is going on. That's why my wife and I, we try not to get frustrated when we get delayed on the road with something. And you get behind, listen, we drive to the beach quite a bit and on 40, it's very possible you will get behind somebody in an RV. I won't tell you what RV stands for, but anyway, it's, a, it, it's not nice. Now, some of you may be RV. I know the, the, the Meredith's love their RV. It's a big deal. But for some reason, some RVs don't go the speed limit. If you're gonna get an RV, please get one that at least goes the speed limit, okay? But you can get behind a boat, camper, just somebody out for a drive, looking at the beautiful trees in the Ocala National Forest. And I'll, my wife and I'll be like, what is this? We, we, you finally get to one of the three passing lanes in that hour to Ormond Beach area and you can still get behind somebody. If you, God help you, if you get behind somebody around Aster, 
it's a disaster. Because if you get behind a slow, a slow like, a, like 10 cars in a parade doing 45 and a 55, it will take you three days to get from Astor to Barberville. It's crazy. One time in Acts chapter 16, Paul and his crew were on their way to preach in Asia Minor. But the Bible says they were forbidden or restrained by the Holy Spirit to even preach there. So they went on, they tried to go to Bithynia, part of now modern day Turkey. But the Bible says the Holy Spirit didn't permit them. As they kept traveling, Paul experienced a vision in the night of a Macedonian man pleading with him for help. We call it the Macedonian call. And the Bible says this, immediately, say immediately. immediately. The Bible says immediately they changed course because they knew the Holy Spirit was leading them to Macedonia. By the way, I've been invited to Macedonia for some time next year. It's crazy. The real literal Macedonia is still a country and there are still people there that need Jesus. Amen? Immediately they changed course. So here's the point. If we're led by the Holy Spirit, he'll get us in the right thing. Even if he has to say, no, not here, or just put blockades in your way and say, no, you can't come. Listen, they didn't, they didn't hear everything from a direct word from the Holy Spirit. They operate in the New Testament in the book of Acts just like you and I do. There, were, there was trial and error. I'm going someplace. And I think I'm going here, but God says, no, not there. Well, maybe it's here then. No, it's not there. Oh, I had a dream. I had a vision. I had a sense. Somebody from Macedonia, a person needs my help. Yes, that's where we go. And then the door opened. Don't try to put these guys, they're early apostles, like they glowed in the dark and walked on water all the time. Peter did it once. And he can't walk across your pool today. It's, the, it's not that way. It's very practical. God is very practical. It's very pragmatic. But here's the question. Are you willing to change your plans to follow God's plans? That's the part that's a challenge about this message, clean house. The word says be instant in and out of season. Be quick to respond. Remember I told you last year, uh, sometimes when I find the will of God, it says in my watch will has these, this thing called haptics. And certain things, if I set a timer on my watch or something, which I know most of you would like me to do when I'm preaching, they would, there'd be a, that was a joke. <laughs> there, there, there's a little tap tap on my wrist. If, a, if, if a, an important email comes in or some kind of message comes in, I get this little tap tap. God can move in that way in us if we're quick to respond to that tap tap when we sense it. Be led by the spirit of God. Finally, this seasons change. We all go through transitions. I wanna to talk to you for a moment about midlife crisis. I don't believe in midlife crisis. I do believe in midlife reassessment. Not everything, especially if you're following God, has to wind up in a crisis. My friend Joe Monaco, who's a PhD in economics, says in the law of large numbers, people in their 40s 
sometimes later, sometimes earlier, but the average age is between 44 and 46 years of age, that there is a midlife reassessment. Just a, just a moment where you go, I'm tired and I thought I would be doing better than I am. Watch out for the trap because a new spouse isn't gonna help you feel any better. These are the moments that people melt down, freak out, and start opening doors to the wrong stuff. And it does not have to be that way. Do you hear me? You say, Pastor Richard, how do you know you're not 45 yet? (laughs) And this would be true, except that I passed it a while ago. But I can tell you, we all have these. Now, with me, some of you heard my story before, real quickly, um, 2005, I was raising money, trying to, we were trying to build a dome building out here for a new auditorium instead of a multi-purpose building like we're doing here. We were trying to do a, a 17,000 square foot sanctuary auditorium and children's space over there. And I was trying to raise money all over the world. We were trying to raise it here. We were trying to build, build, build. And I burn out my adrenal glands. I actually had like a, like a, my body went on strike. I went all over the world that year. I started that year in 2005, January. I was in Japan for the first time and I got food poisoning when a wonderful, well-meaning pastor decided to celebrate me from America and bring in Kentucky fried chicken. And it was filled with salmonella, not cooked all the way. And I got sick. I was so sick. Uh, the, the rest of the time, I still kept preaching. And then I just go to back to my room in agony. And it was, it was tough. It was, it was crazy. That year, I kept traveling. My wife and I had our 25th wedding anniversary that year. And we went to Hawaii in the March of that year and had a great time there. And that was when I realized I was aging because my wife had a cold. We got some cold medicine and neither of us could read the directions. <clears throat> First time. <clears throat> That's depressing. When you first read something, you go, what? These, they're making these bottles so small now. Have you not, honey, did you notice these bottles? The writing is just getting smaller and smaller. What is this? It's that faulty stuff. And then you realize, oh, 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 oh that's my eyes. I finished that year in November in preaching in Germany and we were on our way to Vienna, Austria, and I got bronchitis again for like the third time that year, and I was sick as a dog. <clears throat> we got to this end of this uh, airport concourse in Frankfurt, Germany, and it says, turn right if you want to go to it within Europe, which we were going to Vienna, Austria, me and my wife, my son, and Pastor Lindsay. We got to the end of this, this hallway from the train we took in the middle of the night, on two hours of sleep. And it says, if you wanna go to the US, you have to turn left. We got to that wall and I said, guys, you have to go to Vienna without me. I can't go. I've got to get home. I feel like I'm dying. And so my wife was just really reluctant. We didn't know what to do. I said, I'm believing for favor with Delta Airlines and I'll see you at home. You guys go preach for me, have fun in Vienna. And I went home. And I started getting, uh, working with a doctor in the villages that helped me naturally to get well. 
But he made me take a whole year off of travel. 2006, I didn't go anywhere. This was my moment of truth. This was my midlife reassessment. Why am I working so hard for God? For God, by the way, I'm not trying to do it for me. God, I'm doing what, you, what I felt you told me to do. God said, did I really tell you to work that hard to do it and not to rest? Changed my life. But here's the point. <clears throat> I got to the place where we had, a, we had several of our friends that were big time ministry leaders around the world going through divorces, remarrying, losing their churches or ministries or just losing the respect and love of their families. And it broke our hearts. And during that 44 to 46 year span for me, we cleaned house. We cleaned house of all the excess. We cleaned house. I don't mean just the, our physical house. I mean, we cleaned house. And we said, what does, what does God really want from us? What will, how will we stay healthy doing it? How can, what are our real goals? And our real goals, listen, as a young preacher, I wanted to be, we were on television, by the, by the way, 2005, we were on television in 80 countries. My grandson last week, my 13-year-old grandson, Cole, we were talking about something, and my grandson, Cole, said, I didn't know you were on TV, because it was before he was born. We were on television, for those of you who don't know, we were on TV for nine years, and it was award-winning. Our team won one Tilly Award, two Emmy Awards, competing with secular programming. We were on TV 20 at first, then we were on channel 55 and TV 20, then we went on through a satellite in Iceland into 80 countries. And I had what I thought I wanted. And it meant nothing. It meant nothing. Do you know it's possible you can win the world and lose your own soul? I'm not about gaining the world materially, I'm talking about you, you can win the win, win. You can win millions of people to the Lord and lose your own family and it's not worth it. Not worth it. <clears throat> I'm calling you in this time of cleaning house to reassess. Don't wait till you're 45. You're 44, 45, 46. Right now, I'm asking you as your pastor to reassess. Are your goals and dreams aligned with God? Or is some of it you? We all have some, some of it's us, right? It is. Where you are now, listen, at that moment we're going like, well, I thought I'd be further along. Well, <clears throat> what's the definition of further along? So we decided, Here's, here was my, this was my midlife reassessment. I wanna finish this life and this ministry with the one church that God told me to plant in 1990. Our TV program, by the way, is called Spirit Life Now. It's part of how we got Now Church out of it. I wanna finish with the same church that I started with, faithful and loyal to the end. I wanna finish with the same wife that I married when we were 18 years old, three weeks short of our 19th birthday. I wanna finish with my kids 
loving God, filled with the Spirit of God, loving Jesus, loving us in relationship with us, and giving us healthy grandkids that love Jesus. When we made that decision, we started surrounding ourselves with pastors and leaders that are older than us, many of them, most of them, who've been with the same wife, faithfully, without scandal, same ministry, faithful people, and it began to pour some more of that into us. I'm asking you to look at your life prayerfully, whatever age you are right now, even if you're a student in school, and just bring it before the Lord. God, what do you have for me? Remove all of my selfish ambitions and aspirations and help me to align my life with your purpose now and your long-term purpose. It changed my life. It added years to our life. That's why we take vacations now. That's why when we take the month of May off every year, I come back recharged, rejuvenated, and ready to preach 10 more years, 20 more years. Why? Because we've, we've, we just ran, 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 ran through life. And now here's the great thing. I'm ministering to young preachers all over the world who are running the same hamster wheel that I used to run and saying it's not worth it. Get back to your first love. Clean your house. Get your heart right. Get your priorities right. Recalibrate. Take inventory. And don't be a straggler. Don't be the ones slow to obey that get hit by the enemy. Be the ones quick to respond and quick to obey. Our takeaway is this. This is one statement I want you to hear today. And we'll close. I read this quote recently. It really hit me. Some await a hopeless end, but with Jesus, there is endless hope. Some await a hopeless end because they just run, 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 run. But with Jesus, there is endless hope. It's time for a fresh start. It's time to clean house. Would you bow your head and close your eyes for a moment? Father, thank you that you are our Father. Jesus, you are the way. We're not just looking for a road. You are the road. You said you're the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father except through you. Today, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over every force of hell and everything trying to get us off course. All the sin and all the self and all the selfishness that tries to control our lives, Father. Today, we ask you to refine us. Lord, we repent. We, to, we ask you, Lord, to help us change our minds. Let our minds be renewed in your word. And Lord, for any person that's looking for direction today, whether in this room or watching online, Lord, would you reveal your purpose and direction for each and every one of them? Let these next few weeks be weeks of realignment, a recalibration, 
Even like with our GPSs, Lord, when we take that wrong turn or we don't turn where you said, let there be a recalibration to get us back on track. Today, if you're off track, let me just say this to you. God loves you anyway. He loves you no matter what. No matter what's no matter what you're doing, what you did last week, last night, last year, his love for you didn't change. But there have got to be moments where you get honest with yourself and honest with God and say, Lord, I'm, I feel like I'm off track. I, I need your help. Show me the way forward. Sometimes in my life as a pastor, that's been my biggest and longest term prayer. God, show me the way forward. Show me the next day, the next step. What am I supposed to do right now? Help us, Lord. Help us. I pray for every one of you right now. If you don't know Jesus, that's the getting on place because otherwise you have no GPS. He loves you, but you have no internal sense of spiritual leadership of God. And the Bible won't make sense to you if you don't know Jesus because he's the living word. Today, if you want to know him and you've not been living for him, just say this right now, where you are, Jesus, come into my heart. Change me. Forgive me. Change my mind. And set me free. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listen, some of the most anointed words Jesus ever said to the disciples happened the first time he met them and said these words, follow me, follow me, and I'll make you. Follow me and I'll make you. If you'll follow him, he'll make your life what it's supposed to be. Can you say amen? Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you 